Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You are listening to the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners. Tonight's episode is going to take us to Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, and back to May 11th of 2021. Bernie Herman had been working for the RCMP for over 30 years, and at 55 years old, retirement was inching closer every day. With a wife at home, his children grown, and grandchildren to enjoy, you'd think the veteran Mountie was ready to quietly spend his golden years stretching out in the life he spent a lifetime building. But that's far from the way Bernie's story goes. For reasons I don't know if we'll ever fully understand, Bernie formed a friendship with a young man he met on Facebook. And that friendship devolved into something between a father-son relationship and a same-sex affair. But whatever motivated and nurtured that tumultuous relationship isn't what ended it. While in his uniform and with his RCMP-issued firearm, Bernie shot his 25-year-old lover dead in a wooded area on the outskirts of town. Evidence suggests he drove over his naked body as he left the scene. As you can imagine, there's a whole bunch more to this story. And tonight, Madeleine Klein and I are going to get into it. Our topic is the story of Bernie Herman and the murder of 25-year-old Brayden Herman. An officer who worked closely with Bernie Herman said on the night of the incident, Herman's wife came to his home and showed him a text message from her husband. It said, quote, I shot Braden. It's over and done with. When Bernie Herman was taken into custody, he was wearing an RCMP uniform, vest and duty belt. Herman hugged another officer and then he was arrested. For him to go and hug his co-worker, I mean, all, mean, all while me and my brother's laying somewhere in a wooded area, scared probably for the last moments of his life. Ms. Madeleine Klein. Hello. We're back and I, I think we're, we're going to be able to get to a good schedule soon. I think life is stabilizing for both of us. It is, yes. Um, I'm very proud of myself. Like I thought I would get into groove of motherhood a lot less quickly, but hmm. no, it's, uh, it's a lot easier than I thought it would be. And you've even published a video to TikTok yesterday. That was the first one in a long time. I saw that pop up and I'm like, oh, she's back. Oh, it, I did take a long hiatus. I think the last time I posted on TikTok or YouTube was in August. So I was mm. still pregnant. And yeah, but it felt good. Robert yeah. Picton is eligible for parole. And I thought, you know what? This is a good this is a good time to put my unsolicited opinion on the internet again. Mm. Well, we're not here to talk about Robert Picton. We're here to talk about another dark moment in Canadian history uh, that has captured the attention of and the disgust of Canadians. This is a story of Bernie Herman, a RCMP officer who was just recently convicted in the death of Braden Herman. And I think just from the beginning, we should say, despite their names sounding very similar, 
these are two people who are not related. And it's very annoying as we go because well, every like news clip we listen to starts with like, and they're not related. Well, not only are their last names identical, but just even their first names sound similar. So it's it's hard. And I'm sure both of us will get them mixed up at one point today. Yeah. Bernie, the police officer, Braden, the young man, the victim. Let's, uh, I was going to say, let's jump right into it. But before we do this, the details of this story are pretty wild. It involves domestic violence. It involves corruption. Of course, it involves uh, murder. Do you remember how you found out about this story? How you first heard of this? I first heard of this story not too long before the trial ended and the sentencing like for such a high profile i think it's a high profile case i didn't end up hearing about it until just a couple months ago and it's in prince albert which is not too far away from me yes that's true it didn't get a ton of coverage mind you with the whole you, you can't post news on insta or facebook anymore instagram so that probably mm. didn't help yeah i found out and i was like why didn't i know about this before yeah and it also happened very fast the actual murder take happens in May of 2021, but we're now in February of 2024 and the whole trial and everything is wrapped up. Often when something like this happens, it, it drags on over a much longer time. This, uh, this, this is done now, but let's follow the story kind of in the, in the timeline that the public would have heard it because this really, um, the doors open on this case with the arrest of a police officer. Bernie Herman has been with the Saskatchewan RCMP for 32 years, but now he is the one behind bars. While the circumstances of this case remain largely unclear, the Prince Albert Police Service alleges the officer killed a 26-year-old man. Prince Albert Police have identified the victim as 26-year-old Braden Herman. Police say the 52-year-old RCMP corporal and the victim knew each other but are not related. A police spokesperson saying this all started early Tuesday evening when members got a call about a man found dead. They drove to what the service describes as a, quote, wooded area within the city, though they've offered no other details about the location. PA police say Herman was not on duty with the RCMP at the time of the incident. For much of Wednesday, a Prince Albert police cruiser sat in Herman's driveway on the southeast edge of PA. The service says police, quote, secured the home and a vehicle as part of the ongoing investigation, one that will happen with an outside observer because Herman is a serving RCMP member. So when you hear that news clip, it's they do make it clear they're not related, but it sounds a lot like the father killed the son or something. You know, Bernie Herman, 55-year-old man, kills a 26-year-old named Braden Herman. Uh, when I recall here, like uh, stories involving police corruption often make their way into my email account. And I think I heard about this shortly after the arrest was made. And that was immediately where my mind went. It was some kind of family thing, you know, that's kind of well, what and especially I would take from it. Because they mentioned like his home and just be like having the cruiser out there and whatever else. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it does actually. I never really thought of that, but it, it really does yeah. sound like that's the situation. I, I Another thought, like when I heard this, I also thought, could it have been one of those situations where, you know, it's a, a cop's arrested because of something they did on their job, you know, like shot someone right. when maybe they went overboard, but it, you definitely don't get that sense from the, you know, the article. So let's get into a bit, a bit other background. So we, we heard in that clip, 55-year-old Bernie Herman was an RCMP officer, Prince Albert, for 33 years. So that is a veteran police officer on his way to retirement, you know, five, 10 years away from retirement. Bernie was a married man. 
Again, he lived in Prince Albert in a home with his wife, Janice, their daughter, a stepson, and a grandchild. All, everything that I could find seems to paint the portrait of an average cop, not the kind of person you would expect kill a young man. No, not really. And yeah, it's just, he sounds very, yeah, average. And there isn't a ton of information about his personal life, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, nothing, no, no red flags thus far. Yeah. And I think we know a bit more about Braden, the, the victim's personal life, his family, Braden's family spoke to the, to the media quite a bit, especially in the early days to, to give a sense of what was going on in his life. I'm going to play another clip that'll kind of introduce us to Braden. This is a, a news clip with his half-brother Brett speaking to Global News just a couple of, I think like two days after the, the death of Braden and the arrest of Bernie. Corporal Bernie Herman entered Prince Albert Court as a prisoner charged with first-degree murder in the death of another man, 26-year-old Braden Herman. We all miss him. He's a good guy. He never had anything bad to say about anybody. He's going to leave a lot of people with a lot of unanswered questions. Brett Herman says his half-brother was funny and fun-loving, though he'd struggled to cope with the death of his twin brother six years ago. Kind of went down the wrong path, so to say. Uh, kind of hanging out with uh, some people that weren't very motivational for him. Braden was from Clearwater River, Dene Nation, 600 kilometers northwest of Saskatoon. He went to high school in Prince Albert. At some point, he met Corporal Bernie Herman. The officer and the victim were not related, but the victim's half-brother described their relationship as close. In an interview with the Canadian press, Braden's sister said the corporal harassed her brother for two years and used his police powers to do so. The circumstances of Tuesday evening remain largely unclear. Police say a person found Braden's body in a wooded area somewhere in the city. I want to ask a few more questions. I kind of still in the gray about that. So yeah, like the, the news is so fresh that even at this point, Braden's brother isn't even really sure what had happened or where he was found. But he at least tells enough to give us a sense that Braden uh, was facing some difficulty recently in life after the death of his twin brother and that uh, the allegation is that Bernie, the RCMP officer, was using his role as a police officer in some way to harass or intimidate the younger man he had some kind of close relationship with. Oh, yes. And uh, Braden's family was also very vocal on social media, specifically Facebook. Um, mm. A woman I follow on TikTok, and I have her on Facebook as well. Her name's Tansy. And she's on TikTok. She's Dene Woman Rising. But she did a really good... Um, like just informational series about the Bernie Herman case and trial. And that's where I got a lot of my information from. Oh, really? um, but she's okay. also from Clearwater River Dene Nation. So she, okay. she didn't know Brayden, but she knew some of his family and went to school with his family. So she has, of course, all of his family on Facebook. And that's, yeah, that's where I saw the photos and we'll get there, but that's where I saw some of the photos that were posted, um, like for evidence that, uh, Bernie like harassed him and and just was not not very nice to him. So yeah, but we we will hear both sides of it because I I will hear reports that Braden was harassing and abusing Bernie. <laughs> of course, or that you know yeah. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny, and Ali is here to help. Ali invites you to sink into sweet sweet slumber. 
to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. All right, so we've met Bernie, we've met Braden. Uh, a little bit about their background is, is this is just going to kind of devolve, but we'll start with kind of how they met and why they're described as close. Um, it seems about three years prior to the murder of Braden, around 2018, at some point, Bernie and Braden met on Facebook. Braden, again, being a young man from just outside of Laloc, Saskatchewan. Laloc. Pronouncing that correctly. Laloc. Yeah. Uh, they met on Facebook. They became friends and would get together to watch hockey games, apparently, is how it kind of started in the beginning. But again, as we heard uh, Braden's brother Brett describe, Braden was kind of having difficulty in his life. And it seems like maybe Bernie sort of took him under his wing a little bit and offered Braden a place to stay being inside his house. It wasn't long after they met and they became friends that Braden moved into the home with Bernie and his family and was living in the basement. I just, I would love to know how they crossed paths on Facebook and decided to start mm -hmm. communicating because like the, the, just the age gap is yeah. troubling and questionable well certainly if the the father son kind of age gap there's almost sure. like you know 30 years between the two of them it would be unusual for a 55 year old police officer to meet a 26 year old man that he has nothing in like no kind of family connection with they're not neighbors and you know how do they come to my house and let's watch a hockey game right. it does seem weird well and remember this was so the murder happened in 2021 and they met in 2018 so Braden would have been what 22 23 mm. like he was even younger than 26 so how do you explain like from Bernie's point of view how do you explain this to your wife like there's this young guy Maddie's gonna live in the basement yeah he I don't have know anywhere else to live yeah there's well, had actually, to have been an awkward conversation there, there are multiple awkward conversations in this story and that was I guess that was the first one Let's uh, talk a little bit about the crime scene and then we'll start to break down the different stories that uh, everybody involved gave. So we heard in the news re reports that it's described as Braden being found in a wooded area within the city. It seems like it's kind of like a park-like area within the city. When police responded, they found Braden uh, laying on his back, completely naked with the exception of sunglasses. And they make a point of describing that a lot. He was on his back, naked, wearing sunglasses. Um, this is on the evening of May 11th of 2021. The cause of death was a gunshot wound to the chest, but there was also evidence that he had been run over. There was severe bruising to his chest and he was kind of found on the road. So the idea was he was shot and run over. Uh, there was no question who did it because within an hour of the discovery of the body and the death of, of Braden, Bernie turned himself in. He basically did it, 
texted his wife to let her know she did it. He did it and went right, you know, right to turn himself in and was charged with murder. I think that night, like okay, it, it happened that fast. I was confused at this. I was wondering, did somebody, did they find Brayden and then he turned himself in because I originally thought that Bernie turned himself in an hour after, and that's the reason they found him. Yeah, no, I think, I think they brought, I think Bernie brought them to the crime scene. Like oh. I, I did this, this is what happened. This okay. is where he is. Um, but that's where it's in. It, this is one part of it. That's interesting. Bernie goes to the police station, turns himself in, uh, doesn't hide the fact that he was involved in this, but he's also not going to plead guilty to the crime of murder. Bernie Herman says he's not guilty of first degree murder following the death of Braden Herman. Herman's lawyer entered the plea on behalf of his client Wednesday in provincial court. Corporal Herman used his power as an RCMP officer. He used, a, he used an RCMP vehicle. The murder was committed with an RCMP handgun. The murder was almost execution style. Bernie Herman resigned from the RCMP shortly after this case. He's currently out on bail. Braden's brother says he's angry his own family is now torn apart. It's just really unfair like i mean i'm angry but not much not much i can do about it so it's getting interesting here where it's bernie is pleading not guilty he is suspended from the police force but resigns shortly after and it's come out that not only did he do this he did it in uniform with his with a police like an rcmp issued firearm and He's out on bail while awaiting oh the gosh. trial. So what the hell is going on here? I have so many things to say just about this specific part. First and foremost, I hope he doesn't still get his pension because mm. you hear all the time of awful cops being like suspended with pay for years on end. I just, mm. I hope that, yeah, he's not reaping any sort of benefits. Um, yeah, but... I think of that and yeah, I, I hope he isn't, but we need to find out what happened first before we sentence him to life in prison. How do you end up as a police officer with a naked young man who's been living with you dead in the woods? You shot him with your gun while in a police uniform. It's already very weird. And then plead not guilty to a crime mm -hmm. you've just admitted to doing. You better have a damn good story. And I will say as we go, Bernie does have a story. I don't know if it's a damn good one, but he does have a story. But to get the context of his story and his explanation, which is quite shocking, we need to learn a bit more about the relationship between Braden and Bernie. When the trial starts, and we're going to start following the trial as we talk now, because it's like the story we're discussing really comes out during the trial. The public knew very little about it until it started unfolding in a courtroom. One of the things we learned very early on in the trial um, was some shocking revelations about the relationship between Bernie and Braden. This information came when Bernie's wife and daughter separately got on the stand to describe the relationship between Bernie and Braden. Uh, I'll play a little bit of news coverage of this portion of the testimony, and it is quite shocking. The wife and daughter of a former Mountie charged with first-degree murder 
both testified he sometimes shared a bed with the man who was shot and killed. Herman's wife Janice testified Braden would come over to watch hockey in early 2018. She said he moved into their basement a few months later. Herman's daughter said at first it was like a quote father-son relationship and then later quote things got weird. Both his daughter and wife said Herman would sometimes sleep with Braden in his bedroom. Janice said Braden was possessive of Herman and alleged he became aggressive and violent. She said the living situation was taking a toll on her marriage and she asked him to move out in February of 2019. She said after that, Brayden started harassing her and breaking into her home. She said, quote, the first thing he did was break my wedding picture. Court heard on the morning of Brayden's death, Janice met up with him at a friend's house. She said Brayden was on the phone with her husband and heard him say, quote, it sounds like you want to kill me. Janice said she went home after that. There's a lot to unpack there. So that the relationship, I think, makes a little more sense now is I have no doubt that this was kind of sexual from the very beginning or at least some attraction or something. I don't I don't yeah. think this was about hockey. No, I, I don't think a 55 year old man would hang out with somebody in their 20s just on a completely platonic basis, hmm. in my opinion. Well, I think the fact that it turns to the point that they're sleeping together in the basement tells yeah tells me everything I need to know. But I'm shocked that his family, I, I'm not going to say they're okay with it, but they at least knew about it and accepted it to some extent because it's clearly wrong what was going on there. Yeah, I don't. It's uh, it's something that like you don't know what you would do until you're in that situation. Like I can't, mm. I can't, I I just can't imagine. Like you know. Janice obviously loved this man, so she mm -hmm. wanted to make things work. And yeah, it's just uh, it's it's just a very odd situation. Yeah, and there was a bit of a story as to why he was sleeping down there. Apparently, Braden had uh, really bad really bad anxiety, and I believe par a part of Bernie's story is that Braden took comfort in having Bernie sleep in the bed with him as a way to ease his anxiety, and maybe that was all it took for you know to help janice accept it at first at least um but it, it clearly devolved from there because it gets to the point that uh, bernie's wife janice kicks braid node at one point she was taking uh trying to get a like a peace bond or like a restraining order type thing against him and uh, i think she got first... it she, and oh, she, yeah. she was yeah she was uh approved or granted successful yeah that, yeah and we heard earlier uh, from Braden's brother, Brett, describing Bernie as being the harasser and the violent one. Bernie's wife and daughter seem to paint a different picture, describing Braden as like he's breaking in the home. He's, you know, he won't take no for an answer. He's violent. So we, we already have kind of two sides pointing, pointing the finger at each other. But there's also a ton of contradictions within all of this. Because at, at this point, like in the trial, some other stuff that came up is that despite having the peace bond against Braden, Janice was, was still social with him. In fact, the night before the murder, Janice and Braden were out together drinking. See, that I didn't know. I knew that Janice had brought him alcohol at one point, like very shortly before the murder. But I well, didn't, the morning of the murder, the, she dropped off alcohol. I didn't realize they were like hanging out the night before. The night before they were they were hanging out, and then the morning of the murder, 
the last time she saw him, she dropped off alcohol at to Braden at one of his uh, his buddy's house. But it's so th- there's weird stuff there. Janice was aware that the relationship was sexual, um, and there was seemed to often be this undercurrent of a discussion about whether or not you know Braden wanted to be with Janice, or sorry, if Bernie wanted to be with Janice or wanted to be with Braden. A lot that came out during the trial were like past Texas texts and emails and messages and stuff um, where they would describe their relationship and the troubles they were having. One in particular was a screenshot from a snap, a screenshot of a Snapchat conversation where Braden was telling Bernie, like, don't be ashamed. You know, there's nothing wrong with our relationship. Just come out. So it kind of seems like maybe Bernie was closeted. Absolutely. Well, and I was going to say, like, uh, probably a big reason why, you know, Janice and Bernie didn't just part ways and you be with whoever makes you happy is because, unfortunately, as far as, um, um, like, homosexuality and the LGBTQ movement has come, there's still lots of shame around it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Un- yeah, unfortunately, I imagine all of them were feeling some sort of shame about this, about this relationship yeah. and maybe didn't want, uh, maybe didn't want everyone knowing about it or they were, they were embarrassed for whatever reason. And that's really sad too, that, you, mm-hmm. you know, lots of people still can't just be a hundred percent their authentic selves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And Janice, Bernie's wife, was clearly dealing with a lot. Like to have a man, a oh. husband who you believe is unfaithful, but also like with a young man who's living in the basement at periods. Like that's really weird. One of the things that was shown in the trial was a message Janice sent to Bernie two weeks before the killing. It was um, it simply said, uh, "When you were having the time of your life in our basement, I was upstairs crying." And that just kind of struck me. Oh, like that's so. I, I do. I feel for Janice because I just, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine like she, like I said earlier, clearly loved or loves Bernie and wanted to make things work. And yeah, I just, it's, yeah, it's, sad. it's hard at what, at what for point, everyone. Though, at what point is it like, I can't, I don't think I could fix this. Right. Exactly. Um, and yeah. it, like, it's easier said than done. Like lots of people will yeah. say, oh, you just leave. It's not that simple. And especially, yeah. and I know I shouldn't paint them all with the same brush, but like, Cops are very notorious for having a high domestic violence rate mm, against their spouse. Interesting. So interesting. Um, yeah, part of me thinks like, why did like why wouldn't Janice just leave? Although I don't know and I can't relate to that situation. A part of me is like, why wouldn't she leave? But then I'm also thinking, if Bernie wanted to be with Brayden, why didn't he just leave? Yeah. And with him, but uh, and none, we, we, we weren't to, there, so we we have no idea why, and we probably will never know. <laughs> uh, thank God we weren't there. I would want nothing to do with this situation. Yes. <laughs> so we've heard. Um, I wouldn't say that Bernie's wife and daughter were standing by him, but they definitely seemed empathetic. Seemed to see things from his point of view that Braden was um, causing, you know, causing the trouble. Let's hear Bernie's story of what happened, because maybe this is what convinced them. But when Bernie eventually takes the stand uh, to support his not guilty plea, here's the here's news coverage of the story he gives. And then we'll talk this out. Bernie Herman took the stand Thursday morning in Prince Albert, telling court about years of physical and sexual abuse between him and a shooting victim. The Mountie has pleaded not guilty to the 2021 death of 26 year old Braden Herman. 
Herman told court he met Braden on Facebook and let him move into his home in 2018. He said Braden quickly turned obsessive and violent. Herman said Braden started forcing him into sex and physically assaulting him when he refused. The Crown questioned Herman as to why he didn't use his officer defense training to mitigate dangerous situations. Screenshots of text messages between the two show Braden blackmailing Herman with nude photos and sending threats. Herman allegedly tried to cut ties with Braden, but said Braden always found a new way to contact him. Phone records show that Herman called Braden 59 times on the day of his killing. Herman testified he was giving Braden a ride somewhere on the day of his death and ended up at Little Red River Park on the edge of Prince Albert. A fight broke out when Braden allegedly started demanding sex. Herman said he saw Braden grab something before he heard his service pistol fire. He claims to have never drawn his gun. Phone records show Herman sent a text to his wife the same day saying he shot Braden. Herman claims emotions were high and says he doesn't remember confessing to the crime. It's a lot of contradictory statements there. Yeah, in, in that uh, piece we just listened to was um, very kind to Bernie because they didn't present the evidence that kind of goes against the many things he says. That's really just showing us what, what Bernie's side of the story was, is that uh, Braden was all about like sexually abusing him over the years um, and in the <laughs> course of sexually abusing him in the woods there, the gun went off and shot him in the chest. Like, lucky for Bernie, we can only hear his side. We can't hear Braden's side. Yeah. And it sounds but like even, Bernie's projecting. Yeah. Even without hearing Braden's side, though, there's enough concrete evidence mm -hmm. to show that Bernie's side doesn't make sense. What we, I think what we can agree on at this point and what's very clear is that the relationship is between Bernie and Braden is completely toxic. I think there's problems from both angles absolutely in that relationship although there is certainly um maybe not an equivalency of power with one guy being a grown man who owns the house and is a police officer the other a young guy who's seems to be like a step away from homeless so there's some difference there's a power there. dynamic for sure mm -hmm. um bernie's story is that the sexual relations were often not consensual that Braden would get violent and that there was a, as we heard in the clip, there was some blackmail as well going on, but there was also allegations coming that Bernie would misuse his power as a police officer. And one bit of evidence that supports that is in April of two, and this is crazy. This in is April of 2000, In April of 2019, Bernie gave Braden a speeding ticket and the address on the ticket is Bernie's home address. Like how can that happen? I yeah i i think that's shooting himself in the foot right there yeah that's that is pretty weird there was also many not just a couple there was a whole bunch of photos of brayden with injuries to his face and whatnot that were claimed to be uh the result of of bernie i don't know but th there's definitely a lot of uh evidence to support uh abuse coming from that direction well and but like i said cops cops have a have a really high domestic violence mm -hmm. statistic so yeah. it's not hard to believe and especially because yeah. of the power dynamic yeah but again i've already said this but what was also proven is that some of this was coming from Braden. like the blackmail and stuff was uh with the nude photos of bernie that is not um hearsay they had like text messages oh, kind of oh, proving okay. that that was going on so it was 
you know, and that's why I say it's what's clear is that the relationship was completely toxic. But what eventually comes out is for the most part, a timeline of what happened. So we've heard everyone's kind of stories now for the most part, but I'm going to walk through the timeline and a lot of this will be used to um, question Bernie's version of the story. So I've already said this the night before the murder, May 10th of 2021, Janice and Braden were out drinking together. Uh, I don't know if that's a part of the timeline, but I, I just think it's notable. The morning of the murder, May 11th, uh, Bernie spent the day in training at an RCMP kind of training camp. There was some kind of like, I think it was like ATV motorcycle training or something of that nature. But during the day, Bernie was off doing that while Janice, Bernie's wife, buys alcohol and delivers it to Braden at one of his buddy's houses. It seems that either while there or the night before, Braden told Janice something that hurt her feelings. And it was basically that Bernie had expressed a desire to leave Janice to be with Braden. Janice, after delivering the alcohol to Braden that morning, she texts Bernie about this saying that she was hurt to hear that, but he receives that message while he's working. And that this comes up at the trial. They ask him like, how did you react uh, while you're at, while you're at work or in training, getting that message from, from your wife. And it seems like he, he admits that it was upsetting. How upsetting couldn't really narrow down, but it was definitely had a part to play in the 59 calls he made to Braden uh, that day and you know and and when he got off work and 59 calls it's hard to even fathom that many calls to someone that that's like my personal nightmare i hate phone calls so that's mm -hmm. like 59 of them good god most of these calls do go unanswered but yeah one of them was recorded by Braden. so like so i guess bernie the, the way i'd explain it bernie is blowing up Braden's phone uh, at one point Braden answers and with another phone makes a video of Bernie talking to him. So that's how we get this recorded call. In the call, and this maybe will give a sense of what was going on in the relationship at the time of the murder. Braden is asking Bernie to admit that he loves him. And Bernie can just be heard just talking vulgar stuff about sexual positions and describing Braden as a parasite. So we don't get a lot of context of what exactly is said, but it's, you know, you're a parasite, blah, sex stuff. Tell me you love me. Like that's... Which this directly conflicts with what Bernie said on the stand of, you mm. know, uh, Braden being the aggressor and... Yeah. Ugh. Bernie's version of the story is that he never attempted... Or he did not want or plan to meet up with Braden that day after training. But at some point during these 59 calls, they agree to meet up. Bernie, still in his RCMP uniform with his weapon, picks up Braden. He said, Bernie says they were planning to just get a coffee at Tim Hortons together. So they do. But while in the car, like going through the drive through, it begins to get sexual. And then they this I'm just going to read you a quote is Bernie Herman said they went to get coffee from a Tim Hortons and he was forced to perform a sexual act on Braden Herman in a Dairy Queen drive-thru while they waited for a burger. So they're in a vehicle together with sex stuff happening in fast food drive-thrus. I just don't believe that Bernie was forced to do anything. 
I just don't believe that it, part. Yeah, I have a really hard time believing that part as well. Bernie's story says after the situation in the Tim Hortons and Dairy Queen parking lots, they go to a remote park, uh, which is one that one of several apparently that they went to to have uh, sexual encounters together. They get to this remote park, and this is where, according to Bernie, Braden tries to have sex with Bernie. Bernie's trying to stop it from happening. Somehow Braden's clothes are off and the gun accidentally goes off when Braden's reaching over to pick something up off the ground. Right after the shooting, Bernie texts his wife and he says, just so you know, your life has changed from here on out. I just shot and killed him. And from there he goes and turns himself in. So it's like, it happens that fast. Like if that isn't premeditation, I don't know what is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just hard to say if it's premeditation because we see what we see the the calls they get together they end up in the woods with Braden not wearing any clothes what i see <laughs> is an older man luring Braden out to an isolated area mm. that's what i got from it because you know bernie can swear up and down that he was convinced to do this i mean he he didn't think he would be picking Braden up that day but yeah he did like this is why, yeah. just why is he naked like if he's if you're trying to have sex with someone because a bernie's story is that Braden was trying to have sex with him right it just seems like taking all your clothes off would not be how that would happen no but anyway um here's one other thing i want to mention is i don't know if you caught this but in a prior news clip that throughout the episode that we heard bernie's wife janice described a phone call where she was watching she was in the room with Braden, who was on the phone with bernie and she overheard Braden say it sounds like you want to kill me or something so whatever was happening in this phone call it led to Braden say that like i in my mind i think what is happening is there's this situation where bernie's life is being torn apart in in a way his marriage is on the rocks he, he's probably risking his job and stuff for the for everything that's going on with him and this young man. I th it's a horrible relationship, clearly, that he him and Braden have. But I think at the same time, he just cannot resist it. That's like a part of me is like he wants it, but he's just obsessed with this guy. He's probably a part of him is probably in love with Braden. I totally he agree. Just can't stop. Yeah. yeah, it seems like that's what's happening. And I think I'm going to have a hard time believing that Bernie didn't do this as a way to end all of these, you know, feelings and problems that were happening around him. That's, that's kind of what I think. Oh, absolutely. And I think like on, on both sides, both Brayden and Bernie, they, they were just as toxic as the other. And, you know, it's sometimes it's just, it's, it's so hard to get out of that situation. And I found that a lot of people in toxic relationships are addicted to the drama. Mm, they yeah. and you know you you know people that get into toxic relationship out of after toxic relationship even with different pe people and it's because a healthy relationship is boring to them. They mm. when you know it's that just sucks. yeah they they yeah, are it, addicted to the drama. Yeah, and also when you have a really toxic relationship, you you know how to push each other's buttons. So I had I'm sure Braden and Bernie knew how to drive the other one crazy. They knew what to say to get them to take them back. They yeah. knew what to say to get them to, you know, go wild. 
all of this stuff was at play. Well, anyone who's Everything been in a toxic relationship knows exactly what was going on because we'll, yeah. most of us have and been I, through it. Yeah. And I feel for every one of you listening that is yeah, because it's hell. It yeah, really there's is. nothing worse than having trouble at home or trouble like in that part of your life. It's just you don't have a rug underneath you to stand on is the kind of the feeling. But it's a uh, yeah, it's. Let's get to the the verdict because we've we've heard the majority of what had come out through the trial. There's a whole bunch more than this. Um, we kind of touched on the main points. At this point, if, if like let's say the the verdict is public now, we're going to talk about it. But if everything we went through up until this point, if you're the judge in this, Madeline, are you finding him guilty? Oh, guilty of first degree. You think? Yeah, but that's me. And I'm I'm not yeah. a judge for a reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a part of me feels the same way, but I just think there's yeah I I don't know I I think I'm going to agree with the judge's decision on this. I'll Ooh. play you the news coverage of the judge's decision. Justice Gary Mashiznik has convicted former Saskatchewan RCMP officer Bernie Herman of manslaughter in the 2021 death of Braden Herman. The former Mountie taken into custody by sheriffs after Thursday's decision. 55-year-old Bernie had pleaded not guilty to first-degree murder of 26-year-old Braden. During the trial, court heard Bernie and Braden had been in a turbulent sexual relationship, hearing from the Mountie's wife, who described the strain on their marriage. The two men are not related. Bernie testified he picked Braden up in his truck on May 11, 2021, and drove to Little Red River Park on the edge of Prince Albert. He said the two got into a fight when Braden bent down to grab something and Bernie's gun went off. Braden's body was found in the park with a gunshot wound and bruising on his chest. In his decision, Mashiznik said the defendant did not act reasonably when using his gun, but he convicted on manslaughter because he had reasonable doubt whether or not the accused had been provoked, a disappointing verdict for Braden's friends. It hurts everybody. This is, this is just unfair. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, so the way I see it, he's definitely guilty of something. I just, I don't know if if only getting his story, Bernie's story, I don't know if we know enough to be like, you know, you lured him out there and killed him. That's okay, kind of where I'm at but it. manslaughter is a joke. The yeah, I think that is an absolute joke because manslaughter is essentially essentially an accident. Mm -hmm. And the, you were you were in a fight and you actually they fell and banged their head and died. That's right. And like he's saying, oh, like the, the gun just went off. No, it didn't. I don't believe that. Like, well, so if not first degree, at the very least second, like manslaughter, really? 
But I know first mm-hmm. degree is very, very, very hard to prove, like yeah, super ju- hard. Yeah. And I, I I think the judge wasn't even 100% confident. The judge said in their decision that they didn't believe the officer was acting in self-defense and that he had no memory of shooting the, gr- the gun, but it wasn't proven that the officer wasn't provoked to do what he did. So the judge is saying like, I don't believe your gun accidentally went off, but I don't know that what was happening that led you to shoot. So was there a fight? And in the middle of the fight, you pulled out the gun and shot. Um, I just, and the, the, the vulnerability of a naked man, that's also mm-hmm. a big red flag for me. Like the dude was naked. He was probably bending down to get his shirt or whatever. Like it's mm-hmm. just, none of it adds up. He's, yeah, yeah he's grasping at straws and it's it's a little ridiculous like come up with something better uh, than my gun just went off and i don't remember yeah i know it's a come on you're a cop for 33 years this is the first time your gun goes off and it happens to be in your naked boyfriend's head yeah, or chest exactly like while you're while you're like no way yeah There's, no one is that unlucky and then to to add insult to injury he runs over his dead lover's body mm-hmm. like that sounds pretty malicious to me and in the text to his wife, just so you know, your life has changed. I just shot and killed him. That doesn't, that's not how you would describe my gun accidentally went off and it hit him in the chest. That's right. Well, so between the text message confession and, and the fact that like Braden was vulnerable, naked, he, I think he lured him out there. Like that's, that's first degree. But like I just said, I'm not a judge for a reason. Yeah. I'm just so on the fence and I'm glad I'm not a judge because there's a be so many difficult decisions yeah. to make. This would be one, but you know, I feel horrible for Braden's family for, you know, for him to get manslaughter. It's, I don't know what the sentencing kind of criteria is for that, but I, I think, um, yeah, manslaughter with a gun is a minimum of four years to life in prison, but eligibility for parole after serving only a third of the sentence. So he could, be in prison for as short as four years he was owed on like bail or or whatever it was like leading up to the trial with no conditions with no conditions pretty fair like a pretty generous kind of uh treatment from the courts it seems in this well i think he was granted leniency because of his status as an rcmp officer but that's me i'm not going to disagree with you i don't think that's just you i think a lot of i bet you a lot of Braden's family would agree with you i i I, imagine so because yeah yeah, it's just he's been like our justice system is or our legal system is is a joke and we've seen people get out in no time at all for murders but like yeah the fact he was out on bail didn't have a curfew he he wasn't ordered to stay away from licensed establishments or whatever it's just it's a little weird yeah, even just seeing like some of the news coverage of the trial and stuff, just to see him walk out of trial, uh, out of the courtroom, get in his vehicle and drive away. There's even one video where he kind of like chased a reporter. A reporter was taking like pictures or video of him. Oh my and gosh. Bernie came and got up at the reporter grabbing at his camera. He wasn't like charged or anything for this. But uh, after that, because of that incident, he was escorted to his car by police to keep the journalists away. But just the fact that you're free to be doing that sort of stuff and not taken out of some back room and shackles and thrown in a van. Exactly. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, Um, And I think we're going to be really disappointed when he is sentenced because I imagine 
if he'll probably get the minimum, he'll get four years yeah. and be out in one third. Yeah. And I guess we, we, I didn't really say that, but at this point he's found guilty or he is guilty of manslaughter, pled guilty to it. The sentencing hasn't happened yet, but it it's in the horizon. Um, and yeah, I agree. We'll probably disappoint, be disappointed. We always uh, are. Some, some outstanding questions was Bernie or Braden abusive or both. I think they were, they definitely were both, neither were innocent in the toxic relationship department of things. Yeah. Yeah. When you say neither is in innocent, you mean specifically in the relationship. That's right. I think, I think you were right when you said like the relationship was toxic. They both knew how to press each other's buttons. They both knew what to say to get each other back. And yeah, like I'm sure they both tried to leave at one point and they, the other one would would talk the other one into coming back. Like it's, it's a tale as old yeah. as time. Yeah. When you hear the kind of that last, the recorded phone call from their last kind of, con or one of their last conversations where Braden is at saying like, tell me you love me. And Bernie is talking about sex and calling him a parasite. Like it's, I just think like so much was boiling around in their relationship that it was just spinning way out of control. Yeah. And Bernie, um, with his experience and maturity, he should have been able to have this end in a way that doesn't involve a naked Braden on his back in a wooded area as Bernie in his police uniform is standing over him. I'm, and I believe holding a gun. Yeah, absolutely. But that brings us to our next question. Um, see, because of the shame that surrounded what I imagine he felt was shame because of this relationship with Brayden and, you know, all the turmoil in his relationship with his wife that begs the question because his wife didn't obviously like the relationship was Janice mm. somehow involved. Did she, uh, it, did she encourage this incident to happen? I, it, mm. I'm not saying she did like that's, that would be awful. Yeah. It's not so outlandish to, it, and you're not the only person yeah and you're you're far from the only person who's bringing that up or raising that question um whether or not janice was involved in the murder is different than talking about whether or not janice was involved in whatever was happening between the two of them that day she's definitely in the mix if she was with brayden the night before bringing alcohol to brayden the morning of i don't think she's involved in like setting up brayden to get murdered by her husband but I wonder if she's maybe getting to a point where she's like, enough of this. Like he needs to either leave Brayden or leave me. And like, yeah. maybe there was, you know, something happened. I can't imagine she didn't want an end to that situation, but I, but I also can't imagine she foresaw a situation where Bernie killed him. That's true. That's yeah. I imagine I, what you just said, she, she wanted to see an end to this, but it, the end that happened was not what she had in mind. No, because this just like it. Of course, it just makes everything worse for everybody involved. Like having a husband who's cheating on you with this uh, young man in a same-sex relationship certainly is a better situation than having a husband who killed the guy that was he was cheating on you in a same-sex relationship with. And like this is just worse for her. Braden's family's without him. Bernie's in prison for the rest. Uh, hopefully, for the rest of his life. We'll find out soon. What is it? No, always surprised, never disappointed. Never disappointed. <laughs>
Always disappointed, never surprised. Is that what I say? God. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with me? You're always disappointed, but you're not surprised. Yes. Because of that's, course you're disappointed. That's right. Of course Let I'm disappointed. Let me explain your saying to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this it's it's an awful story with a dark outcome. Nobody wins in this. The Everybody looks bad. And everybody's dirty laundry is just aired in the news. And it's... And that's also the last thing Janice awful. wanted was the spotlight on her oh, yeah. family and and the dirty laundry and yeah and that yeah it's 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 just a brutal story it's it's just unfortunate the way it did end yeah i i don't know what is so shocking like what aspects are so shocking about it the fact that he's a police officer the fact that just how brutal and heartless the end seemed to be to leave him naked in a wooded area and when you hear a description of the scene where he was found it wasn't like in this like serene nature trail it was described as like there's garbage all over the place there's like needles and needle wrappers uh, like old tires and stuff like it seemed like where they found Braden's body was just this crappy little area that like he was left like trash uh, in this naked wearing I don't know why wearing sunglasses I don't know how, what that's all about but um no one should go out like that no not at all mm -mm. Well, I guess we'll uh, find out what comes next, hopefully within a month or so when the sentence is out. We'll certainly, we'll mention it on a future episode when it comes out, but and I, I'm hoping for, if, if we're going to go with manslaughter, let's go for a serious uh, sentence yes. decision to come with it. But, you know, even even if he is sentenced to the minimum and then uh, applies for parole after one third of his sentence, Prince Albert may be the fourth largest city in Saskatchewan. But it's still pretty small. Mm. He's he will not fare well there or in Saskatoon, which would be the next largest city. You know, people people aren't going to let him forget this, and people aren't going to let it slide. the The yeah, courts might, but people won't. Yeah, I can't imagine it would be easy being a police officer in prison. Ooh, oh, see, now An that's RCMP something officer. I didn't even think about. Sucks for <laughs> yeah. him for sure. Yeah. Hopefully, he's yeah, put in his... Gen Pop. Yeah. Oh. We'll see where this one goes, but we'll start wrapping it up here. Uh, Madeline, you released a TikTok video. Does that mean you're back? Should we expect more from you on TikTok and YouTube? You should. Yes. Maybe not at the pace that I previously was pumping out content, but I'm slowly getting back into it and I'm excited. I miss posting content and, and stuff like that. So expect a YouTube video, hopefully very shortly. We're glad to have you back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I want to thank you for joining Madeleine Klein and I for this episode of Nighttime. We'd like to end by sending condolences to everyone involved in the story. Of course, nothing can bring Braden back, but at least at this point, we can hope for a sentencing decision that brings some peace to Braden's family. Now I'm going to start wrapping up this episode, but before I do, I'm going to end with thanks. First, a big thanks to Madeleine for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout out to Monty Data, who contributes the music for this episode, and LJ from the Dystopian Simulation Podcast, who provides my intro and outro voiceovers. And then lastly, but most importantly, I want to give a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed, Laura and Ryan. I appreciate you. 
For anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help us out here in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs just a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show. But a premium feed subscription also gives you the episodes two days early, gives them to you ad-free, and gives you access to a full back catalog of episodes. That sounds like something you'd be interested in. You can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still support the growth of this show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know why they should listen. If anyone listening has any story ideas, wants to give feedback on the show, or would like to submit a question or comment, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. I look forward to hearing from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Hi. Her name is Elspeth. Elspeth Tassioni. You know her as the offbeat but brilliant defense attorney from The Good Wife and The Good Fight. You've been a very busy little bee. Buzz, buzz. Now, she's in New York with the NYPD. This is very different. But still using her unconventional ways to find the truth. You're trying to sniff me, Miss Tassioni? (laughs) Elspeth, new series Thursdays on Global. Stream on Stack TV.